Good. Um, thank you to the band. And um, we're going to be looking at John 3 today. Um, it's a really well-known passage. And just a bit of kind of introduction as we walk into this passage is that uh, John has many big themes. And one is his confrontation with the religious leaders. Uh, they seem to be uh, judgmental, elitistic, like, and they, they're always creating this kind of them and us kind of sense. And Jesus comes with a message that uh, gets a lot of opposition from them. They're kind of, uh, they don't like him. They want to get rid of him. He's, he's creating all these problems for them. Um, and, and we see a lot in this book, this idea of light and darkness and Jesus being the light that came to the world to shine in the darkness. And, and we also see a lot in this uh, book, a theme of seeing and not seeing, uh, Jesus being the light, and those who kind of choose to follow him can see, and those who don't choose to follow him uh, are not seeing. Um, and, and if you look at the journey in this book so far, we start with an amazing chapter one, uh, where we hear that Jesus is the light has come to the world, uh, and that the darkness hasn't been able to overcome it. And then we see him uh, calling his disciples, uh, doing miracles, basically proving that he is actually the light, that everything that he says is true. And last week we saw that uh, Jesus had this kind of big confrontation with uh, the religi religious leaders to the point where he gets a whip out, kicks them out of the temple. It's, it's a bit violent, but it gets a bit nasty. But um, actually it shows this opposition uh, and this tension there is between Jesus and, um, and the, the religious leaders of the time. Uh, and actually in this passage today, which I'll read in a, in a little while, uh, we find the, maybe the heart of the whole gospel, the heart of the whole book. And it's when one of um, these religious leaders, one of those kind of supposed to be enemies of Jesus, comes to him. And it's, it's lovely to see how uh, one of them is starting to doubt, well, is, is he actually the Messiah? Is he actually the light of the world? Is he actually the person he says he is? And, and we get this really important religious leader coming to him, and Jesus actually treats him with love and kindness and understanding. Uh, and then we see that they aren't actually his enemies, that these people who are teaching stuff that was wrong and, and being a bit judgmental aren't Jesus' enemies. He loves them as much as he loves anyone else. And when they come humbly, like he comes humbly to listen to him, he is uh, so loving towards him. And we find at the end of the gospel, in John 19, that actually this same religious leader, and Nicodemus is the one who um, is taking Jesus' body to the tomb. So obviously he, he believed in, in what was happening. He believed in what, was, what Jesus was doing. So um, before I go into the passage, which I'll read right now, um, I've been wanting to do this for months since we started here. And um, we have a whole new set of cameras. And Sean is in charge of cameras today. I want to see how fast he is with the cameras. Sorry, Sean. Oh, this is so fun. It's just fun for me and for Chris. Um, sorry. Um, but I want to do this from the beginning. Um, I want to see how fast and how good we are with uh, changing cameras. Well done, Sean. You passed the test. Um, sorry about that. I just want to do this for months. So let's look at John chapter 3. There was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we? And it's interesting that first thing is, he says, we? And so it means it's not only him that's doubting. It seems like a few of these religious leaders are doubting. Know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs 
you're doing if God were not with him? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? This is an obvious question. Nicodemus asked, Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying, you must be born again. The the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. "You You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept my testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. Now then, will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, So the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. And then we come into the very famous John 3.16. For God so loved the world, and the word, word, uh, world is cosmos, universe, it's a Greek word, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes, and the word believes is actually a word that talks about trust, entrusting their life, so it's not just kind of I think this is true, but actually entrusting our lives. In him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light, the big theme in John from the beginning, has come into the world. And that's Jesus. But people love darkness instead of light because the deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. And there's a lot we can take out of this passage for that. I'm just going to grab a few big themes. And one is he starts by saying, you have to be born again. And, and you have this very interesting discussion, like how can I be born again if I'm an old man? Um, but he talks about being born again as something new. It's, it's when we choose to follow Jesus, to say, um, I'm going to give my life and live it not my way, but your way. It's, it's something, I, I like the word born, and it's, it's a born of the spirit, because it means it's, it's something that's starting, it's something that's initiating, and it's something we need to choose to follow. Um, and the image of being born, born is actually a very strong one, um, because it's, it's a life-changing thing. Being born is not a kind of, oh, I'm going to decide that I'm going to more or less believe in this, or, or kind of say, oh, I more or less think that this is right. It's actually, being born is, is a, a change of status. It's being born into something new, something new has started. Um, and 
basically being born again or born of the Spirit, as, as we find in this passage, is simply the decision to follow Jesus. It's simply the decision to say, I'm not going to be, live my life as I want, but I'm going to live my life as he wants, and believing in him. And it's actually mind-blowing because it means that we are born into something spiritual and new, something different to what um, we know and, and would expect. But the phrase born again or, or being born or starting is just a, the starting of a journey. But actually, um, the following Jesus is a whole life journey. Uh, and I, I want to kind of uh, stick to this point a bit because sometimes we think, uh, okay, we, we've done this, I've decided to follow Jesus. But then it's a daily decision to, to continue this journey and to follow him. And uh, I was too young uh, to appreciate actually uh, when Maradona played. Uh, a lot of you might recognize uh, Maradona. Uh, I'm sure Chris and, and Richard have really nice memories of 1986 World Cup um, and others as well. Um, I, I was too young, I was like four years old, so I didn't really appreciate that. Um, and, and actually as I grew up, uh, in my teenage years, he, he was kind of maybe making a fool of himself most of the time. He was drugged, appearing in kind of press conferences, and he couldn't speak. Uh, and, and I always had a bit of a laugh of, of who Maradona was and what he did, uh, because he was kind of a, a very funny character. Um, and, and I didn't kind of really appreciate uh, who, who he was and what, what he did really for, for my country, Argentina. Um, because actually, if, if you ask people who are a bit older than me, they, they see him as, as such an important character, maybe the, the most important character in the last 50 years of our country, because of the hope and the joy he brought to so many people. Uh, in, a, in a very difficult time, actually someone who, who united people behind him. And, um, and, and actually, he died a few months ago, and, and I started kind of revisiting my own in a way. I, I started revisiting, like looking at some documentaries of his life and, and looking at kind of w what he did and, and the impact he had in, in my country. And um, it was amazing just to see, obviously, the, the very human uh, part of him. He'd, like, he'd go on parties for four nights and then three nights before playing a, a match, he, he'd kind of, uh, re, re, kind of resettle and, and, and leave drugs so that he, he could pass like a drug test and then uh, another four nights of drugs and then three days of, of training and playing. Um, but actually, as I revisited, I, I kind of regained a, a respect and, and for me it was like reconnecting with, with something that was quite significant for my country. So uh, as a Christmas gift for myself, I bought this shirt, um, which I'm sure Chris recognizes, I'm not sure everyone would recognize. This is uh, Maradona's shirt when he played in Napoli. And, um, in a way, it's, it's a shirt I'm going to use the next time I play football, I think. Um, but in a way, it reminds me of kind of reconnecting with, with something that, that has been significant. And, and, and actually, as I read this passage today, I felt uh, this was kind of what, what I, I was moved by God to think about, was this reconnecting to what it means to be born of the Spirit, to be living in the Spirit. Because that's the whole message of John. It's not that you, you kind of just believe in God or you just believe that Jesus died for you. It's actually journeying with him in, in a life that's full of life, in a life that is actually born by the Spirit. Um, so, so my, and I hope like every time I use a shirt and I see it, I'll remember that I need to reconnect with the basics of what it means to be a Christian. And Chris, if you want, you can lead worship the last bit with, with my Maradona shirt. Yeah, you can remember 1986. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, 
if you've become a Christian for a long time, and you, I want you to kind of reconnect with this thought, because the passage says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And, and as we read this phrase, do we feel that's us? Is it speaking of, of you? Like you see this phrase and you say, okay, I'm a Christian. Uh, I've, I've decided to follow Jesus. Do you identify with this, this phrase? Is, it, does this describe your life? Uh, do you feel like this is you? And if not, let's reconnect with this. Let's try and reconnect with what it means to be led by the Spirit. And uh, I was looking at um, an article by uh, John Piper who was looking at this phrase. And, and he comes with these points which I feel are really important. It, it says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. And I like this because it's a call to follow, not to, to lead the way. It's, it's a spirit that leads and we follow. And then it says, you hear it sound. This means that there are some kind of perceptible effects of the invisible wind. Uh, the wind, you can't see it, but you can hear it. You can feel its presence when it pushes against your skin. You can hear the noise in the, in the trees. You can hear that it's there, but you can't actually see it. And the, the move and what the Spirit does in our lives is very similar. And it says, but you do not know where it comes from. And this emphasizes again that it's not something we originate. It's something that God originates. It's him moving and we just engaging with what he's doing. And there it says, we don't know where it goes. And you can't determine its origin, but you can't either determine its de destination. You just are invited to flow into it, to follow what the Spirit is doing. And I really like us to revisit, re-engage what it is to live in the Spirit um, for us today. What does it mean for you not to actually have complete control of your life, but step into uh, what the Spirit of God might be leading you to do? Uh, and I think sometimes we lose focus and we lose enthusiasm. We lose the connection with, with this really basic understanding of Christianity that we are called to follow, not to lead. We are called to flow into what the Spirit is doing and not tell the Spirit what to do. So practically, what does that mean for us today? And um, Smith Wigglesworth, which uh, is one of my heroes, said, if you seek nothing but the will of God, he will always put you in the right place at the right time. And I love this because what he's saying basically is that if, if we are searching for what God does, if we are intentionally saying, here I am God, lead me wherever you are, basically what uh, Wigglesworth is saying is, as we journey in our life, he will put us in situations where we can show his love to others. It's not that we are forcing uh, situations, it's just that these situations come to us because we chose, have chosen to be led by the Spirit. And then Bono says, stop asking God to bless what you're doing. Find out what God is doing. It's already blessed. And I, I love this phrase from the singer of you 2 because actually this is a, another thing it, that's kind of how the Spirit leads us. On the one hand, we, we just kind of, in our daily life, in our journey, he leads us into situations where we can be a, of, of blessing to others, where we can love and care for others. But then also, we are called to kind of see what God is doing around us. What is God doing in the world? What is God doing that, that actually attracts us? What's, what's God doing that we, we want to connect with? And 
and then go and, and find those places where God is already doing something. And that's what Bono is saying. So ultimately, the, the call is to follow and follow in, in our daily lives and, and to try and be like Jesus in our daily lives, um, but also to, to connect with the Spirit. And um, another great preacher, Martin Lloyd-Jones, said, the ultimate test of our spirituality is the amazement at the grace of God. So the call is to be amazed by God and therefore try and connect with him in, in prayer, in, in the spiritual disciplines we, we, we kind of already know about, but also to try and journey in our lives so that our daily lives, in a way, is led by a spirit, so that in every normal thing in our life we can uh, share God's love, but also to see what God is doing in other places and, and try and, and connect and see if, if we can engage with that also. But basically, hopefully, a lot of us already know what to do. We know what we are supposed to do to, to engage with the Spirit. Uh, and if not, uh, just send me an email. I'd love to have a chat with you about it. Uh, we've got loads of resources in our YouTube channel with spiritual growth and ways we, in which we can connect with God. But most of us know what to do. Uh, and the call, I think, from this passage and, and looking at it is saying we need to reconnect with what it means to be led by the Spirit, to be born of the Spirit, to let the wind of the Spirit blow in our lives and be led by Him. And um, I like uh, Nike's slogan, I, I hate Nike, but I'm quite an Adidas fan, but this is quite a stupid thing to say. But um, I like Nike's slogan because it's, it's, it says, just do it. Uh, and I think the call is basically to just do it. And I've been reading loads of books about uh, habits, and it's the kind of uh, what a lot of business leaders are, are talking about, and, and it's all about uh, making disciplines and habits that will make you kind of this great person. But actually, um, it works so well for our spiritual life as well. The call to be led by a spirit is also a call to set uh, a rhythm where our spiritual life is nurtured, where this that has been born maybe years and years ago can be nurtured and grow. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I don't know about you, but that's who I want to be. That's how I want to live my life. Uh, I, I like the, the idea of a Christian life that's actually an abundant and true life, that exci that's exciting, that, that actually is life-giving and not a set of rules. And to do so, I need to be led and filled by the Holy Spirit. There's no other way. And, and the, the beginning of the journey we find here is all about being born of the Spirit, filled by the Spirit. And the, then the, the, the rest of the journey, the, the continuation of that journey, is also the same. It's being led by the Spirit. It's just letting the Holy Spirit be Lord over our lives. So it starts with a choice. You choose to be born by a Spirit, to, to follow Jesus, but it continues with discipline and going back to that first love, to connecting with God again. So I'd like to invite us to spend uh, a few minutes in prayer and connecting with God, and I'm going to invite the band to come up and they lead us in, in worship afterwards. But let's really try and focus on this. Let's really try and connect with the Holy Spirit today. Let's really go back to the basics of what it means to be a Christian, what it means to live a fulfilling life in Him. So I'm going to invite you to close your eyes now.
And there's a passage in Ezekiel 47 that talks about a river, and it's a river of the Spirit, and it's a Spirit of God moving. And, and the passage has this person that's, that's called into going deeper and deeper in that river. And he starts outside of the river, and then he slowly goes deeper and deeper in. And with our eyes closed, I'd like us to think, where are you standing? Are you standing just outside the river, looking at the river and saying, well, that looks exciting? Do you have just your feet in? And you can feel a bit of the water, and, and it seems interesting. It seems like something you are investigating about but not ready to jump in or do you see yourself kind of with knee level water where you you feel more and, and you engage more and you you kind of are more excited about it but you're still holding back a bit and wherever you're at i would like us to jump into that water, to say, Holy Spirit, here I am fully. I want to live that life that's truly life. I really want to be led by you. I want that image of the wind blowing to be my life. I want to live the abundant life in your presence. And I want us to just, in our imagination, symbolically, to jump into that water. Just imagine yourself jumping into the water, with the joy and the adventure that comes with it, with the lack of control that comes with it. And God, we jump into your presence today, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just fill us here in church, in every household that's connecting with this service. Fill us with your Holy Spirit now, Lord. And as we worship you, as we connect with you, as we open up to you, Speak to us, Lord. Fill us. Lead us. We are yours. We just want your presence. There's nothing, nothing compared to swimming in your river. And that's what we want for our lives. We want to go back to the basics of what it means to follow you. Where we let go and let you lead the way. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come.